0: Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the can burns is a
1: barbecue or Tales from the Pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And today we got a little Mitch, Mash, Mix, Mash, Mishy, Mishy, Mashy, Mishy. I don't know. Um, we a got... little bit of everything on oh. today's episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, still recovering from a big uh, barbecue run yesterday, um, and we got some listener questions to go through as well.
0: Yeah, uh, yesterday's run was a fun one. We haven't done a massive barbecue tour like this in a while. Been trying to limit ourselves to only a few stops because we tend to order more and more these days. Because the menus at a lot of barbecue places are getting more you know more expansive, and it's harder to limit yourself to just a couple of bites. But we uh, specifically designed this run to to be able to hit a good number of spots, and we had a good crew with us that kind of helped us not overeat.
1: Yeah, you know, um, that's a big thing when we do these runs. It's hard to hit so many places if you've just got one or two folks, and especially try to sample the menu. Um, one of the things that uh, is always fun is bringing more folks along. It means that you can order a decent amount of food at each place, still try to... Uh, kind of keep the, the money in place and not get too crazy and still sample and then have a lot of good times, be able to talk about it. So um, going down the list, um, you know, those that rode with us the entire time, I guess, uh, start with Derek Weedle.
0: Yeah, we had uh, Derek Weedle who's a big barbecue fan, um, been following each other for a long time. He's been to a couple of our pop-ups, seen him at different barbecue joints. Um, really nice guy, and real you know, really into barbecue, originally from California, but his Moved to Texas uh, a few years ago and gotten really into barbecue. And so, this was his first official, you know, big-time barbecue run. So it's kind of fun to to introduce someone into kind of the crazy way we do things.
1: Yep. And along with Derek, we had Tom, Mister Texas Pickle Guy. Yep, Tom Weldon, who owns uh, Texas
0: Pickle Company. If you're not familiar with them, should be uh, making really good artisan pickles. Uh, they're available in grocery stores and fine food markets in the Houston area and other areas throughout Texas. And, um, Tom's been a supporter of us and the show for a long time and, and just really does a lot in the community as well. Um, when we did our Santa Fe benefit last year, Tom was one of the very generous donors for that and then was sponsor for us afterwards.
1: Absolutely. Great pickles, too. Of course, I know you already said that, but I have to say it again. Yep. Um, and I've then,
0: so- our, of course, our, our longtime buddy, um, Mr.
1: Terry Osborne, Terry, all the way Religious from San, eater. and from all the way from San Antonio. Uh, meeting is up at our first stop, which was Snows, um, and then also meeting is up for one stop was Corey, my nephew, Corey Gregg. Yeah, um, all of us met up at, uh, and you know, it, it's it's pretty monumental to try to get everybody out of bed heard those cats, you know, it's like, and and get everybody to show up. I was really surprised and pleased that, um, you know, the people that were in, we had a few flakers, of course, as usual, um, right before, but everybody showed up on time. Um, We got out there uh, reasonable, you know, just a couple minutes past what we were thinking when we got to Snow's, and uh, Corey was already there, and Terry was already there. Yeah, and
0: Snow's was a little quieter than usual. Um, we didn't know you never know what to expect It snows as far as the lawn. But there's a big event going on in Austin that can sometimes make the line get a little crazy because if people are in town in Austin it's a quick trip over to snow. But the lawn wasn't too bad when they got there at seven and um I believe we were about you know, there were about two dozen
1: people ahead of us when we got there. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Um I had probably a thirty minute wait once they opened, something right around that. Yeah.
0: That's um, about
1: right. And, uh, you know, got our usual there, except we we originally had intended to have this be a completely brisket-free trip um, just because we've had plenty of great brisket. Nothing wrong with any of the places we were planning on, like Snows, but we just felt it would be fun to focus on some of the other proteins. But we had two first-timers to Snows, and so, you know, you've got to get the brisket when you go there.
0: Yeah, we we couldn't let them go and not get the brisket, so we got a little brisket for them um, and then went heavy on the pork steak and those chicken and ribs. And if snows of snow, it was as good as we, we've always come to expect it to be. We got to hang out there for a little bit, and then headed off to our next stop. And we knew, and we tried to caution the the newcomers to barbecue runs when you see the you know the sheer number of stops we're going to make. You think, how am I going to possibly sell this? Well, obviously, we knew we were going to have a pretty substantial order at snows, but we knew that our next few stops would be much smaller orders, and that's exactly what we did. So. Next stop was uh, City Market in Gidding.
1: Exactly. And, and we've been to City Market before. You know, most of these small towns will have, um, if they're still around, you'll see the uh, town square. And around the town square will be a meat market. Might have been there for hundreds of years. But they'll, uh, they'll have a meat market, and this is one of those styles like that. They uh, at Way, way back in the past, they broke down whole uh, whole cattle and sold off each individual cut. You know, they broke it into primals, then cut the primals down. Uh, then smoked whatever they couldn't sell. We've talked about that before, but that, that is what's so great about going to these is you still have that connection to kind of the history of barbecue. And it's set up just like that at Giddings Meat Market. A little
0: bit of pork steak and a sausage. Um, and we were really surprised. We just, you know, we don't expect great stuff everywhere we go, but we had, about, I would say, the best pork steak we had all day was at Giddings.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was incredibly moist, juicy, um, and just it was really good I, I, And I'll go back and get the pork steak there again And another pork <laughs> steak run for sure uh, um, Next we went yeah. to another meat market um, And one that's in their fourth generation And unfortunately um, This is probably the last generation That's going to be running the business um, Don't know if they're you know going to wind up I know it's been for sale I don't know if they're going to wind up selling And who's going to buy it and what they'll do But i um, still lucky to to get in there And see the uh, Prowse meat market yeah, having the place that we talked about before, we do like going there because there's, just, there's a really neat history to
0: to the family that's around it and to the place itself. And again, we just don't know how much longer it's going to be within the family. And we hope that, you know, if they do sell it outside of the family, hopefully whoever buys it keeps it as close to the way it has been as they can. But for now, we still we try to get in there at least a couple times a year. And it's just a really cool, continuing meat market. And again, they're still breaking down holes four quarters of each, and, you know, they had it sitting there on the butcher block when we were there yesterday. And uh, we were just there to get, you know, quick sausage snack and, and be on our way. But we did get a chance to talk with some members of the coffee family briefly, and it's just a, a really fun place for us, I and mean, we've got a real appreciation for the history that goes with, with the barbecue that we eat. And so anytime we get an opportunity to, to see that history in action, it's just a fun us.
1: And and it's great, you know, again, each of these places have their own variety of sausage uh, passed down from generations. And so there will be very different flavors in there. But usually they're incredibly simple sausages, which is great. I mean, the, the sausage we had at Giddings versus the sausage we had at Prousey completely different on the scale of, of flavor, cooking style, and everything. But, you know, um, always fun. And, and I know these were very small sausage links, but I think they were a dollar twenty a piece.
0: <laughs> you know, yeah, the, we, brought, we had three small links, and we paid three dollars and fifty cents after tax for them. <laughs> I mean, really, really small, quick orders, cheap orders. If you're trying to control costs, and just to give you guys a little bit of insight, so the five of us that made all these stops each pitched in forty dollars, um, and that pretty much covered every stock that we went to, um, and that's that's a very affordable barbecue run in this day and I
1: Absolutely. Next up is a, a stop that we always like popping into and um, enjoy their sausage, which is Schulenberg. It's another city market. Um, and they're very famous, obviously, for their sausage. And uh, we've had a, a previous episode with um, the owners and, and got to see them again. Every every visit, they're they're in there. That's another nice thing. You get to see the uh, the owners moving around and working the business.
0: Yeah. Um, again,
1: if you, if you haven't listened to episode, it, it's the oldest barbecue joint
0: that we've actually interviewed for the show. So that was just it's been really to have them on. Um, but yes, they, they do a bunch of wholesale sausage, and it's just a fun place to go. It's right if you're doing this run, if you're going to high, you're literally going to drive by it. So definitely stop in and definitely get some of this sausage because it's really well-made sausage. Um, it's and It's a more finer, tight-packed brine because they are a wholesaler. They they tend to, to gear more towards what other restaurants and, and purveyors will want. Um, but it's, uh, it's a very good sausage,
1: very consistent. And they're, um, you know, the other thing is they're open. Uh, most of these little meat markets start open up early. Um, this is another one that opens up at eight o'clock. So it's always, in, I mean, as we mentioned, you can make it a stop on the way to your other stop and just pop in and get a little bite, snack, and talk to the owners. Um, both Lucas and Roy were there. Um, this is episode if you're if you want to go back and listen to this one. Um, it's our episode number ninety four, which is obviously Schulenburg City Market.
0: Yep, really enjoyed that. I mean, it's, it's often been the first stop on a lot of run. Um, they were surprised to see us in there that late. <laughs> about thirty <laughs> uh, But it's a real enjoyable stop, and, again, it's on our way to Hallisville, which is like a great little town on Highway 90 uh, south of I-10, west of Houston, and it's uh, one of our favorite little towns to go to because uh, you have lots of options for sausage and pork steak, which, you know, if you've listened to the show for a while, you know how much we enjoy those things, so. Got on down to Hallettesville and got down to one of our favorite places to stop, and that is Colacney Barbecue and Catering in mm-hmm. Halloween, Texas. Uh, open Saturday and Sunday only. We won't go too much detail on maybe we have to talk about Blackney before, but you know, it's still family owned and we actually got to see some more of the members of the family in action yesterday. Uh some of the uh, I, I didn't confirm it, but I'm gonna go through the grandkids of uh Irving Terrell and Kalakne. We're in there literally slicing meat and serving meat and these are, I don't know, probably 10, 11-year-old kids, if I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, and a uh, lot of lot of fun. We always enjoy the visit there for many various reasons, um, uh, especially the uh, the interesting environment as we get there. Uh, there is no picnic tables, no nothing, everything you do need to take to go. Um, and so, you know, we, we know this, and uh, we didn't want to take the food somewhere else and let it cool off or anything. So, we eat on the hood of the truck, and uh, this time, Andrew, every time I think we get a little bit smarter at this, and um, this time, Andrew, even brought a cutting board, so we were we were well prepared. Yes, yes,
0: and Brian posted this on Twitter, and he's getting a lot of uh, funny reactions right now, but yes, we did come prepared this time with knives and cutting boards, and we wanted to make sure that we could sample everything as hot and fresh as we could, um, so we got to slice up some some meat right there on the hood of the car. And it's just it's a really enjoyable stop. Obviously it's hot outside in August in Texas. We all know this. So we've been good this all for too long. But but we did get to eat the chicken, pork steak, and sausage. And it, I think the last couple of stops into Goliath, we skipped the sausage for whatever reason. I'm glad we got it again. It's it's a really good sausage again. None of these sausages are super crazy, fancy, you know, sausages that have a bunch of crazy ingredients in them. Us, you know we love those sausages, we make those sausages, but it's great to get those classic ones and then Kalacne definitely delivers on that.
1: Absolutely. Next up, uh, in Hallettesville as well, Glenn's Meat Market. Glenn is a Glenn's Meat Market is is a very interesting place because you actually walk through the business into the back. Um, I guess you could call it a warehouse area. And and it just harkens back to those days again where they were selling barbecue on Saturday only. Um, you know, cooking it up fresh and hot on Saturday. Um, <clears throat> it's a, it's an interesting place to visit. You know, again, it's a functioning meat market, so um, we we like stopping there. Um, you know, the, the barbecue we'll say is not you know not the same level as most of the other places that we go to, but um, just from an environmental perspective, it's kind of neat to go visit.
0: Yeah, it's a cool little throwback, and again, we we just love that whole Highway 9 corridor. It's just fun to go down it, and it was fun to take people down there for the first time that had never seen it. I remember Derek commenting as we were pulling those towns, you know, and all these towns have a very similar layout. The, the courthouse was the center of the town for a lot of these places for many, many years. And so a lot of them are set up, and most people will be familiar with Lockhart and how Lockhart's set up, where there's you know the courthouse in the middle of the town square and then you know, shops and places around it, and then how it's the exact same way. I remember Derek commenting, saying, oh, this is just like Lockhart. And, then, and in many ways it is. I mean, the barbecue doesn't have as much history, and... Isn't as known, but uh, but the setup of the town is still like that. It still got a lot of charm to it.
1: Yeah, most of um, those courthouses are built um, <clears throat> in the late 1800s, early 1900s. So, if you're interested in architecture, they're they're very interesting to see. If you have a family with you, a lot of times, and, and this time they were doing the farmers market, they'll do farmers markets and bazaars in the town squares. So, um, always fun to visit these small towns.
0: Definitely, and one of the things we love about it too is it's a quick drive to a special brewery where. All of Shiner Beer is made. So we, we love going there. It's, it's always fun to break up the barbecue runs with a little brewery, you know, stop and break from eating meat for a while. So by, uh, you know, by the fourth or fifth stop, we were all kind of ready for that. And so we headed over, um, got to get some Shiner beers and hang out in the little gift shop area. You can take the tour as well. They are doing tours on weekends at least for right now. Uh, we didn't, we didn't really have interest in doing the tour, nor did we have a ton of time either. But we did get a break from it and got to sample uh, a
1: few different beers from China. A yeah, new Cerveza beer that I, I think you really liked. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a pretty straightforward Mexican style lager. Um, really
0: enjoyed it. Um, Shiner is a Texas institution and, and been part of Texas beer culture before there was a Texas beer culture. So,
1: except for uh, the cherry lime, in. yeah, except for the cherry lime beer, that was that was uh, a, yeah, that, <laughs> that's, that was not a good one. To keep
0: up with it. Yeah. <laughs> They're trying to keep up with the Joneses of the craft beer world, I think, and so they're they're expanding their repertoire a little bit to some of the more uh, interesting beers, with <laughs> some different flavors that isn't necessarily our thing. But I know there are a lot of people that are crazy beer flavors. So Could be something you like. But uh, we we hung out there for a bit and then went to a new school, old school place. I mean, there's. I don't know exactly how to describe it, other than we love going there. It's one of our favorite new stops in Texas, and that is a uh, Mickleway Market and Grocery. That's Tom Mickleway's place. That's that we've talked about before. We've had Tom on the show before. One of our favorites. Tom Barbecue um, have so much respect for what he's done over the years, and uh, it never disappoints.
1: No, and it's it's such a beautiful place to visit. Um, you know, the food is great. It's always been great at Mickleway, uh, but coming from a trailer into this location. And then, and then what Tom's done, which is truly marry the old-school meat market feel and vibe with craft Barbecue that he's always been doing. So it's a great experience. And, of course, we did have the jalapeno cheese grits. Um, we, got, we got loaded up here pretty well. We did um, brisket. We did <laughs> ribs. We did sausage. We did that. We did extra sides. Um, we did the slaw and the, the greens.
0: Yeah, the greens with the rutabaga, which I'm a fan of. I thought it was a really, really interesting salad.
1: And then two desserts, because one's never enough, but um, banana pudding and some peach cobbler. Um, but that wasn't enough, so we thought we were done, and we, we said goodbye to Terry at that point. And um, we were headed back. We I, I guess we can tell people we parked a car at Truth in Brenham. Um, yeah,
0: which I'm not going to say. Is, I'm not going to give people that idea to do it. We were... Uh, we did ask
1: permission, or, well, we, we kind of told them we were doing it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but we told them we'd bring them back to, for some eat food, which we did too.
1: Yeah, so we um, brought yeah. them back some food in, in payment, uh, but then lucked out because they still had barbecue left, and that's that was not what we were expecting. We, we hit, we'd already hit two of the Texas Monthly Top Ten Barbecue Joints, and this allowed us to actually hit three Top Ten Barbecue Joints in this single run. Um, and, I, I mean, you know, I... It's no secret. I love truth. You love truth. Um, We love the the meat. We love the sides. And I was pretty stunned, you know, how good the brisket was at 3.45 in the afternoon. I really was.
0: Yeah. The the fact that they still even had any was surprising enough. And then the fact that it was just as great as it always is at 11 o'clock was just even more ridiculous. I mean, it was... uh, Don't go there expecting... Them to have brisket at Saturday at three forty-five all the time, because you would probably be disappointed more Saturdays than not. But they did have some on this Saturday, and we were the uh, lucky recipients So that cool. so uh, really really enjoyed. We got to chat with uh, Patrick Hernandez and Cole Parkman from yeah. Tuesday. They in the Brenham location most weekends. Um, got to uh, hang out with them for a bit, chat a little bit because they, you know the day was winding down. But uh, they weren't you know most people. Probably don't even stop at truth at that time of day because they assume But yeah, yes, we were rewarded with some delicious brisket.
1: Absolutely, and and of course we got cakes. In case anybody's questioning, we we, we did get cake. Uh, we got corn casserole, and uh, was Derek, did Derek take home the tater tot casserole?
0: Um, I don't remember. I think Derek did get some to go. I can't remember what exactly he got, but he did get some to go. Yeah.
1: So uh, really, thanks again to to Derek and Tom for putting up with our hijinks. Um, Always thanks to Terry for for making the run out because he's he's always going to be the odd man out based on where he's located. Um, And and my nephew Corey as well. Great to see you. Um, Barbecue. Let's
0: let's try to help Terry out a bit. If you're a big barbecue fan in San Antonio, let us know. She might let you go on a road trip just so
1: Terry has a buddy in the car. <laughs> yeah, no, and 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 very serious. I mean that you know we do have some space a lot of times on these trips, not always, um, but we do have space sometimes. So if you're interested in doing one of these runs with us, let us know. Andrew is the master of itineraries. Uh, generally, we can we can get these things down to uh, windows of minutes, um, but we do leave when we leave, so don't be late. Um, and from a financial perspective, he's been working really good at, at getting us the, the numbers that we need. So what we do is we all pitch in at the beginning of the trip, and then we just use that money as uh, group money to purchase as we go through. And then if we do run short, and, and we did a little bit at Truth, obviously, because it wasn't on our list. Um, if we do run short, then we just we just divvy it up at that point. But um, if there's money left over, we split it or buy some beer.
0: Yeah, we've We've gotten pretty good at, I mean, we know what barbecue prices are generally at these places. I mean, again, there were multiple places we went to where we spent less than $10 for five people to have a snack. So, especially if you're going to these small town spots, you can get in and out of there, you know, a so link in a rib or something like that for pretty cheap. So it's, uh, it's a, again, a lot of fun for us. We, we always love doing these runs and we love our modern places and our, you know, our big safety places in Austin, Dallas, Fort Worth. But it's always great to get off the beaten path a little
1: bit. Absolutely. So uh let's talk about some reader questions that we got coming up.
0: So yeah, well, we we don't write, but we have reader questions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. It's listener questions. And now time for listener questions. We should have to do those. All right, you want to read the first one, Brian? Sure. I will read the first one, which is a good, uh, well, I guess they're all good questions, but this is, this is a good one. Um, what causes brisket to have that roast beef flavor, the roasty beefy flavor?
0: Uh, pellet grills.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, no. We're, we're not disparaging pellet grills. Sure, um, we are. Roast beef flavor. Yeah, well, we can. Uh, but we'll, we'll say that for another episode. No, uh, Roast beef flavor on brisket, and a lot of times, and you actually, I see this more often than not on Yelp. When people are complaining about a barbecue joint, it's, oh, the brisket tasted like roast beef. And there, there are a lot of factors that could go into that. I mean, the first and foremost one could be the person's an idiot. I mean, that's, that's always possible. Um, but there's, there's a lot of factors that can kind of contribute to a lack of a smoke flavor on a brisket. Um, one of those is, as barbecue, modern barbecue techniques continue to get more popular, people are holding brisket in warmers for longer and longer. And... If you have the warmer too hot, or if you put the brisket in there too hot and it steams out. And we had this experience at a very good barbecue joint where the brisket just tasted very steamed out. And we were there later in the day, so it's been probably in the warmer for longer than usual. Um, But but you can lose some of the smoke flavor that way.
1: Yeah, and and also um, holding it in, holding it or cooking it in aluminum foil. Um, You know, Snows is one of the places that still uses aluminum foil, and they do a great job, and it does not taste steamed out. Um, But you can do that, especially if you seal it really tight. And and literally that's what happens is that the the condensation rises up to the top of that and then gets back down into the brisket, and it it just feels like it washes out that smoke flavor. Yeah,
0: that that is definitely one of the ways that that it can happen. Another way is there are certain smokers that are just the way they're designed and the way they operate don't lend itself to getting a lot of smoke on the brisket. And we're not going to call out any individual pit makers. Um, because they, you know everyone has their own way of doing it, and every different cook has their own preference for what cook they like. You know what pit they like to cook on,
1: and a lot of but times there there's are, ways around it to where you can still get a, a good smoky flavor. So you know, but but some some types of cooking styles lend themselves more to that. Yeah, and, and hot and fast cooking, you can kind of
0: get a lack of smoke on it. Because, you know, for certain places that do it really well, and certain places where it's hit or miss, where you might get where it just tastes like it was cooked in an oven because of the heat was so high that you're getting more heat than you are just offset smoke. Um, so that's, that's another contributing factor that could lead to a flavor.
1: And along, along that same lines, um, they get disparaged a lot, but you know, the gas assist pits and you know, like, like the Southern Conference and the old hickories in particular, the, the gas assist pits, it depends on how much wood you use when you're cooking. And these pits you know, for better or worse, you can run them a hundred percent on gas. And so if you do run them 100% on gas, guess what? You're going to have a you're not going to have smoky flavor and it can have that kind of roasty beefy flavor.
0: We'll go to our next question. What will be the next big thing in Texas barbecue?
1: My stomach.
0: <laughs> that already is. <laughs> I'm working um, on it. <laughs> well, we did some. We did a fun prediction episode at the uh, at the end of last year about what we thought we'd see coming up this year, and we have seen a lot of it. I mean, we're already seeing a lot of it at the end of the last year as well, and that's a lot more live, product direct cooking. We're seeing more and more of that, so I think that's that's still you're going to see more of that as well.
1: Yeah, and definitely, uh, you know, uh, we we'll see that, and we'll see that with different proteins because, uh, as you've seen many places, brisket brisket's never been cheap in the last five ten years. Um, yeah, started, starting with 2014, I think is when it really hit crazy prices. It came down a little bit, but ever since then, it's it's been a pricey protein. It hasn't been the cheap, unwanted meat that it's been in the past. So you will see people playing with different meats being used and cooked because they're looking for more profitable solutions, and they're also looking for different flavor profiles. As you get great brisket at 50 different places, it's going to be more and more where they're looking for something to separate themselves out. Um, we also said whole hog, and, you know, we have seen a lot of whole hog uh, this year. What's you know, what is it going to be over the next couple of years? I, I think it's going to continue looking for less expensive proteins and trying to push those so that uh, the public buys them and they, they can remain very profitable. Definitely. And I think you could see some
0: different whole animal cooking. It wouldn't surprise me to see people foray more into whole goat or whole lamb cooking. They're faster cooks than cooking hogs. Um, but it's also a way to, to, you know, incorporate more of that direct heat, live fire cooking aspect as well. Next
1: is our favorite non-meat item at a barbecue joint. And this is really tough.
0: Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not going to take one favorite. There's just no way. I, mean, <laughs> I, mean,
1: I knew you it, were going to weasel your way out of this just, one.
0: Well, it's just not possible. Like, I, There are many sides across the barbecue
1: landscape that I love. There are many
0: desserts across the R&D that i love
1: yeah so. i guess i guess if we do it that way so so it'll make it maybe easier if we exclude desserts okay Well because we, <laughs> cause we, we know we know we know the desserts <laughs> that we like um if we exclude desserts that narrows down the list a little bit still not easy
0: a little bit um sidewise the, the jalapeno cheesy grits we just talked about that we talked about ad nauseum um Butter beans at Opies. And the, the, Come on,
1: man! Don't give it. Don't, yeah, give me some chances here. Okay, all right. Go <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna say. Obviously, the butter beans at Opies and the tater tot casserole at Opies. Um, you know, I I think um, the Moroccan spiced carrots at Fejes, right? Yeah,
0: those are really good too. I mean, they there's probably five different sides you could pick at Fejes that are just great. Um, you could have Fejes is one of the places where I could have a truly enjoyable vegetarian meal at. I probably never will because I still like the meat there, too, <laughs> but I couldn't if I wanted to.
1: And what else? I'm trying to think. Well, of course, the carrot souffle at Tejas.
0: Uh, of course, the one and only, the carrot souffle at Tejas. I mean, that is one of the best sides, the most unique sides in barbecue. But yes, there there are a multitude of sides, and it's just growing. The grits that guests are amazing as well.
1: Oh, yeah, the where they get the fresh ground grits.
0: Oh, they're they're delicious. They're one of my favorite sides, and there's just there's a ton of great sides in barbecue, and um, that that we can't see. And it's the reason why we don't do these eight stop barbecue runs anymore. because we want to order things like that at so many of these places that we fill up really fast. Um, mm-hmm. Let's go to our next. Our last question isn't even really a question, but we'll go ahead and touch on it because it's a segue into what we're going to talk about anyway. Um, not a question, but if you guys ever go to Butters, I'll meet you there. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, uh, Butters Barbecue in Masses, Texas, which is uh, south of Houston, kind of uh, close-ish to Corpus Christi. Um, been getting a, a lot of attention lately, and the barbecue looks very, very good there. And it's absolutely on our list of places to go to. And uh, we will be going to South Texas, Rio Grande Valley in the fall. Really much looking forward to that. It's a place we've been wanting to get back to for over two years now. Um, and so we're really looking forward to that. We're going to try to get together uh, a few really good episodes to to bring you guys from that trip
1: as well. And just like um, so many other locations in Texas, the uh, you know south and southwest of of Houston and Austin that started to really grow. And there's there's many more options than there used to be.
0: Absolutely. So yeah, we're definitely looking forward to get down there. And to the person that asked the question, yes, we will absolutely meet you at Butters when we, <laughs> when we do go down there. You know, as, as most of you know by now, we don't publicly announce any of you know, places we're going because we're not in it to try to get, you know, selfies and free food or anything like that. So we try to go as low key as we possibly can. But once we're down there, you'll, you know, I'm sure you'll see it on social media that we're down there. We'll be posting the food and all that fun stuff. So looking forward to that, we've got a lot on our plate this fall, and there's a lot on the barbecue plate this fall, Brian.
1: Yeah, I mean, do you want to go, um, you want to kind of go on some of those uh, list of events that are happening? I mean, there's quite a few, so... Um, I don't have all the dates listed, but we can just tell people where to go.
0: Yeah, yeah well, we can go on a few of them. Um, let's talk about, we'll, we'll try to go as chronologically as we can. Um, the first one that I know that's coming up is going to be Smoke Dallas, September 21st, and that's it's a really good festival, and they've got a heck of a lineup
1: this year. Yeah, it's going to be just, just phenomenal. Um, I mean, everybody, <laughs> just about everybody that's anybody is going to be up there. Um, it's going to be a ton of fun. Get out there and that's Smoke Dallas. Tickets are reasonably priced. They're still available at last last check. Um, there's a, a large stage with live music on it. It uh, should be a ton of fun.
0: At May, Cadillac, Tejas, um, it's, it's going to be fun. A lot of the new and upper comers in Dallas-Fort Worth are going to be there. The Ballas is going to be there. It's just it's going to be a really good festival. Uh, we will be at that one, and we're excited about that as well.
1: In Houston, a little closer, the uh, Houston Throwdown, which is um, this is the exclusively Houston locations. That's coming up. Yes, that will be
0: September 29th, the last Sunday in September.
1: Um, I believe next is the Butcher's Ball, right? That would be the next one.
0: Uh, I think so. Yeah, Butcher's yeah. Ball is October 20th, and that is in Brenham. There are a lot of renowned chefs and restaurants that participate in this. You know, it's a, it's a competition that's also a public event. They do compete with their dishes to see who wins. They call it the Golden Cleaver Award. Um, but Not the Wally Cleaver yeah, Award. Not the Wally Cleaver, the Golden Cleaver. Um, but uh, it's a lot of fun. We went last year. It was a really cool event. Um, it's a really nice location. Usually a pretty, pretty nice time of year to be outside in Texas. It's a little more parable than it is now. Um, so we're looking forward to that one, barring something I don't know about, we will, we'll be out there for that. Yeah, am um, very much looking forward to that. Uh, this We kind of skipped the chronological part of this, but I do want to put a plug in there. If you are a listener in the Atlanta area, uh, Goldie's Barbecue is going to be doing a pop-up with Fox Brothers. I don't know that when I say with Fox Brothers, that could just be at their venue. I don't know if Fox Brothers is providing food, too. But either way, uh, that's something that should be on your radar. That is September 14th. Um, you have a chance to get some of uh, some of the best barbecue in Texas and in Atlanta. Um, so if you have an opportunity to go to that,
1: you should definitely do it. Absolutely. And, and both of those, uh, yeah, both Goldie's and Fox Brothers, great people. So um, if you're yeah. anywhere in that area, get out there, go support the Goldie's crew, go support Fox Brothers, too.
0: Definitely. Um, November, we've got more coming up. The Texas Monthly Festival is the first Sunday in November. Um, that's gonna, it's going to have over 30 of the top 50 joints there. Um, it's
1: in downtown Austin. The so Big if, Mama Gemma. If you don't know about that festival, you probably aren't listening to this episode. Now, that's the Big Mama Gemma. Um And usually they'll do, and I, I think they've already listed some of these out, right? They're doing uh, events before and after the festival.
0: Um, yes, they do there the are brunch. events that take place, yeah, that entire weekend around the festival. Yeah.
1: And then the Austin versus Houston Throwdown.
0: Yeah, that is November 17th um, at St. Arnold. I think they alternate every year. One year it's in Austin, next year in Houston. This year is Houston's turn again. Uh, so that'll be at St. Arnold Brewery. Um, and the throw down off the Houston, is also going to get St. Arnold
1: Brewery. Yeah, that'll be a, a lot of fun as well. Um, we'll see if uh, Bodacious can reclaim their trophy. All right, and that's so quite a list of uh, events, right? I mean, that's. Um, you know, plenty of plenty of events out there the weather's going to be nice great times for road trips over the fall um get out there and support your local joints i'm sure that there's going to be places like brett's backyard barbecue in rockdale throwing some events out there when the weather gets nice Um going to be a lot of fun this year
0: yeah uh, there's, there's much smaller events that take place pretty much every weekend these days whether that's collaboration or you know it's brett does, does things regularly um one of the bars in Houston is doing something pretty cool as well that I want to plug, and that is going to be uh, Eight Row Flint in the Heights. They're doing an Asian barbecue series where they're having three different uh, vendors provide different styles of Asian and barbecue fusion. Uh, McCoy Barbecue is doing one. Um, I apologize. I forget the name of the place that's doing a Thai barbecue fusion event, and then uh, Leroy and Lewis, this is your chance to get them in Houston. Um, they are going to be at 8 Row Flint on August 20th at 5 p.m., and they will do, be doing a Chinese barbecue menu. So if you're in Houston and you haven't got a chance to get to Leroy and Lewis, number one, stop far the a Drive, get off your ass and do it. Number two, here's your chance to get them in Houston.
1: Yeah, and you know, it, it literally anything Leroy and Lewis put out is going to be spectacular. So I'm uh, really going to try to be sick and leave work early that day so that I can show up. Cool.
0: Yeah, it's going to be going to be a good time. So, a lot on the barbecue schedule coming up. A lot for us. A lot for everybody. We're looking forward to it. Um, we'll be spreading the word as much as we about these events. You know, via Instagram and social media and all that fun stuff. And uh, speaking of our, our social media, that's the best way to get in touch with us. Um, Tales from the Pits at Instagram at 2 Podcast on Twitter. Tales from the Pits at gmail.com if you want to email us. And if you'd like to order one of our shirts, you can contact us any of those ways to order the shirt. Um, if you're not familiar with our 11 a.m. Texas shirt it's a fun little design that we came up with a few months back that we've been ordering we've gone through almost two full orders of the shirts and might be placing a third order in the not too distant future because we are starting to run low in inventory but we do still have some shirts available uh, both in gray and in blue so go to our Instagram you'll see the pictures of the shirts contact us if you'd like to purchase one we'd be happy to uh, to help fulfill that for you um, but yes contact us at any of those forums
1: and if you see us out and about um, on the barbecue trail, make sure to holler at us. We have a bag of swag that we're going to try to remember to always bring with us. Um, but there's there's some pretty neat stuff in there. Holler at us, come say hi to us, and uh, pick up some free stuff.
0: Yep, we're always we're always out and about, and we're always happy to uh, talk to your ear off if you like.
1: All right, with that, let's uh, let's end it for this week, so uh, you can get to work editing this and get it online. So. People can listen to his ramble. There you go. Well,
0: thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you next time.